Well, this weekend I have the privilege, as always, of declaring the word of the Lord. But I also have the privilege of setting the table, if you will, for the exciting initiatives you're going to be hearing about once I conclude. And towards that end, I want to review a eulogy of all things, the end-of-life description of a man who expanded his influence to the next generation and eventually to all of humanity. God called him the father of those who believe, and God did so for good reason. The man's revealing tribute is found in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, chapter 25, verse 8. Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people. I've entitled today's teaching, Pass the Blessing Forward. Let's pray together. Father, in these coming moments, by your Spirit, enable me to preach and teach. By your Spirit, enable us to understand and apply. And we pray that so that through us, a broken world might be blessed. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And as we listen for God's voice to us today, may the Lord be with you. If I were asked to choose an appropriate symbol of the Christian faith other than the empty cross, I would suggest an open hand for two reasons. First of all, God continually opens his hand to impart blessing. He is the most generous soul in the universe. He constantly gives at unmatched levels to undeserving recipients at great personal sacrifice and cost, and he delights in doing so. There's a good reason why God is on record that he loves a cheerful giver, because God himself is a cheerful giver. The second reason why an open hand would be a fitting symbol of our faith is because you and I are called to be like God. We're called to delight in blessing others, to be juiced every time we have the chance to bless somebody else. But let's be honest, blessing others is not something we come by naturally. It requires daily doses of God's transforming grace, but it also requires the recognition of what I like to call the three blessing realities. Think of them as the three legs of a tripod upon which a life of sharing blessing rests. Here's the first reality. God's blessings are never entirely personal. They're meant to be passed forward. They're never for you and you alone. You might say being passed to somebody else is encoded in their spiritual DNA. And because they're fashioned to be shared with others, the second principle, God's blessings aren't fully ours until we pass them forward. They're not truly ours till we pass them on. Now that, that sounds odd, so let me attempt to unpack that a bit. When we share God's blessings, we're acting like the God who gave them to us. And when you act like God, it has a way of increasing your understanding of his love. 
When you increase your understanding of God's love, you come to a deeper appreciation of God's motives, what he was up to when he gave the blessing. As you have a deeper understanding of God's motives, that leads to the ability to discern the ultimate purpose God intended for that blessing. Once you recognize the ultimate purpose of a blessing, then you're equipped to pursue the intended outcome, God's preferred outcome of that blessing. And when you do that, when you experience the outcome of the blessing, then and only then do you really appreciate its value. And that's important because God's blessings aren't fully ours until we appreciate their value. Now, to illustrate what I mean, the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, are a great blessing to us. But you all know you can hold a Bible in your hand without possessing it in your heart and your mind. But until you take hold of God's Word in your heart and your mind as well as in your hands, you haven't taken full possession of it. And in the same way, God's blessings aren't ours until we've taken possession of their value. And that leads to the third blessing reality. If we keep a blessing entirely to ourselves, we effectively lose it. We effectively lose it. So ultimately, hoarding God's blessings that he has poured into our lives is not an option that God sets before us. The option God sets before us is either pass the blessing forward and in so doing take full ownership of it yourself or keep it to yourself and in that case you'll effectively lose the blessing. Not because God will snatch it away but because by your behavior you effectively send it away. Now, given those three blessing realities, it wouldn't be a stretch to suggest that one measure of our faithfulness to God is the extent to which we pass his blessings forward. And that's something that Abraham understood, and his eulogy clearly demonstrates that. Abraham lived in a time when lifespans were much longer than we were, than they are today. And his beloved wife, Sarah, died at the age of 127. Abraham subsequently remarried at approximately 137 years of age and fathered six new sons. You go, Abe. Now, Karen and I are currently helping to raise two grandchildren in our 60s. I can't imagine six toddlers at 160. But Abraham didn't have to imagine it. It was a reality. And that begs the question, why would Abraham increase his responsibilities so late in life at a time when most are looking to lighten the load and coast toward the finish line? Well, Scripture provides the answer. It doesn't jump out at you. You have to listen, but it provides the answer, and here it is. God had promised Abraham that he would father nations, plural, kings, plural, rulers, plural. 
And he promised that his faith would extend to the next generation and eventually all of humanity. And Abraham believed God. So Abraham intentionally embraced new challenges. Six sons at 137 years of age, I'd call that new challenge. In order to pass God's blessing forward. And that's so counterintuitive because we generally spend our lives trying to avoid new challenges. We don't pray for new challenges. But here's the reality. In God's kingdom, many times if we're going to pass a blessing forward, we have to choose a new responsibility, a new burden, and that new responsibility, that new challenge becomes the wheels whereby that blessing travels from us to somebody else. That's the way it works in God's kingdom. After all, when Jesus wanted to bless you, he had to embrace embrace some awfully big challenges. For Abraham, it meant the challenge of a second family, but he didn't stop there. Abraham equipped the next generation through his generosity. Before his death, he divided up his inheritance. The bulk of it went to his firstborn, Isaac, but he gave substantial monetary gifts to his younger sons so that they were resourced for success. He passed the blessings forward. So when Abraham died, his scriptural tombstone described him as an old man and satisfied with life. Did you hear it? Old and satisfied. Now let's be frank, those two things generally aren't found together. It's generally old and disillusioned, old and embittered, old and tired, old and discouraged, old and weary. But for Abraham, it was old and satisfied. The Hebrew word satisfied indicates the feeling that you have after an awesome meal. So in essence, what God was saying, when Abraham pushed back from the table of life, he was full and content. But it wasn't because he had liked everything on the menu. You see, Abraham lived 175 years. You ever think, how many mistakes can you make in 175 years? We pack a lot into 60, 70, 80 years. But imagine 175. Abraham knew heartaches, mistakes, and regrets. He experienced uncertainty, frustration, mystery, physical deprivation, setbacks, armed conflict, discouragement, and personal loss. He paid the dumb tax more than once. He felt the embarrassment of spiritual compromise after he lied to save his own skin. He felt the unavoidable sting of spiritual compromise as he had to send away his firstborn. But as he looked back, he was satisfied in his old age. Why? Because he did two things. He kept his faith and he passed the blessings forward. So the text says that Abraham was gathered to his people. That is not a reference to burial. It never is in the Hebrew language. It means the day he died, he joined all of God's people who had preceded him in faith, who are alive in their spirit in the presence of the Lord. And that reminds us of yet another reason to pass the blessings forward. For God's people, death is not a period, it's only a comma. The New Testament is clear. The moment your spirit leaves your body, your spirit is present with 
the Lord. Your body goes into the ground to await the day of resurrection, but your spirit is present with the Lord. What keeps us from passing blessings forward? Well, sometimes it's the, but what's in it for me mindset. And we all go there. None of us are good enough to never go there. But let me suggest, when you pass God's blessings forward, there is more in it for you than you could ever imagine, and here's why. Contrary to the way the many believers think, death is not the great equalizer. Heaven is not a place of equally distributed participation trophies. Heaven is a place of varying rewards based upon faithfulness. In God's heaven, some will receive great reward, some lesser reward, some no reward. When Scripture says God will wipe all tears from their eyes, that's a reference to something that will happen in heaven after the second coming of Jesus. Why would any believer cry after the second coming of Jesus? Well, they would cry if they stood at the judgment seat of Christ and heard him say, I gave you all these blessings and all these opportunities and you didn't do anything with them. You just kept them to yourself. So you have your reward already. See, one of the rewards God has got to give is crowns. And we know that we won't wear them. We'll cast them at his feet. And when it's time to cast crowns at Jesus' feet, I don't want to be empty-handed. Those who pass God's blessings forward are assured of reward. So when you pass a blessing forward, you do yourself a favor. You do your children, your grandchildren, the church, the community, the city, the nation, and the world a favor. And so in these days, God giving us, is giving us opportunity to pass the blessings forward. Join your hearts with me in prayer. Father, we don't intuitively pass good things forward. We like to close our hand around them. But it's only as we open our hand to give them away that they truly become ours and that we prepare ourselves for reward in your eternal kingdom. So help us to live wisely and invest our lives in blessing others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.